0: Dauntless Grace Exchange. I'm Megan and I'm Deidre. And today we have a special guest for our Christmas episode. This is my mother, Dr. Patty Amston. And not only was she born on Christmas Day, but she's preached a lot of Christmas messages. So it just felt apropos to have her as our guest this week. How are you doing, Mom?
1: I'm doing well. Thank you, Deidre. Thank you, Megan, for this opportunity. Welcome to all the Dauntless Grace listeners. We're trusting today's going to be a day of inspiration. Can I hear an amen?
0: <laughs> there we go. Old school preaching here in the house. In fact, um, one of the reasons I really wanted to have you here is your beginnings as a teacher of the Bible was with women's ministry, which is obviously where we are here today, our target audience being these young Christian women. And and I think about all the days when I was younger that you would go down to Southern Illinois. And I'm already crying, and we haven't even gotten anything serious yet. This is like the anointing that has been passed down from generation to generation in the women it of this is. family. <laughs> mm-hmm. But um, just seeing your ministry, I just wanted to give the listeners a little background, you know, starting in women's ministry and then eventually coming alongside and co-pastoring our church uh, with Dad. And and from there, became a Bible teacher that traveled throughout the country doing Bible colleges, um, and then, you know, just from there, internet. National and, and national ministry in different ways, uh, but I wanted to just introduce you and let you talk a little bit about what you have been doing recently. Maybe.
1: Well, thank you. Uh, you sum, summarize like fifty years in uh, three minutes. That's kind of how that fifty <laughs> years seems to pass by. My goodness, it goes so quickly. You know, uh, ladies, I started ladies ministry because back in my day, uh, you couldn't preach to men is that you can't even probably imagine that. But uh, even when I traveled to do the Bible college, they would let me in the back room teaching the up and coming students, men and women. But if you were a man going to do the Bible college, they'd open Sunday morning pulpit to you. But the women could teach in the back room but couldn't go to the pulpit. So uh, things have changed. God has uh, shifted. And I am very honored to get to preach in pulpits around not only the U.S., but around the world. As a matter of fact, this afternoon, I have one of these kind of uh, broadcasts going to happen throughout Germany by one o'clock today. So it's uh it's an amazing day. God gives you, he fills you with his word. I'm always feeling very grateful that if he's put anything in me that can benefit anybody else. Uh, and they're benefited by what I say. I know it's because he's come along and taught or instructed or transformed or sanctified or, or, you know, all those different words that we use basically for the process of having our minds renewed and our character reset. And then he can open a door for you to pour out what he has poured in. So that's pretty humbling, isn't it? I, I'm sure you too feel that same way. Doors are opening for you and you acknowledge just what God has done in you. So. Congratulations on this podcast, by the way, and, and on the ministry. It's an amazing ministry.
0: Thank you. This has been a fun journey because, like you said, it kind of was just the overflow of what God's done in our personal lives as He transforms us. Then you, you think, oh, I've got a key that could help somebody else, and you start just handing out those nuggets to people that God's deposited in you. And it's, it is beautiful to see lives transformed as the work of the Holy
1: Spirit comes and partners with what we're doing you know, that really is the definition of ministry. It's uh, pouring out what God has poured in. And unfortunately, people will try to um, put on a garment of, of what they've heard in religion and put it on from the outside. And, and But really, true ministry is you give to others what God has given to you and you pour out of your fullness. Megan, I know you know that to be true also, don't you?
2: Yeah, I Sometimes I've been telling Deidre lately, sometimes I just get so overwhelmed all of a sudden, like, despite whatever's going on, like, I'm just so thankful. Like, I can just look back and just see everything that God's been doing. And I just get so thankful that I just want to go tell people about it. So... It's that overflow work, and um, I I love watching your whole family kind of, I mean, I didn't know the generation before you, um, but I've heard the stories, and I just love seeing it passed down um, into each generation, even watching, you know, Deidre's own kids as they're teenagers and young adults rising up into their own forms of ministry, and just what a legacy your family has, and it's just so beautiful to watch
1: you know they say that our ceiling is the floor for the next generation and if it's passed on correctly that there's a lot of truth to that so i'm I, i'm um super blessed <laughs> just to watch the the grandchildren With no greats yet but i'm trusting great 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 you know that song that's popular right now the blessing yeah unto a thousand generations we've said that for years but it's nice to have a song that's singing it uh, during these days and we do release that that we're Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, that concept of multi-generational continuity. And there is a, a growth that occurs when you, when you link the generations
0: really is. I think, um, as a young person, you spend a lot of time trying to figure out what your part is and what your role is going to be. But there is something really cool that happens as you see how something's being transferred. You know, um, I'm not so concerned about my part because I'm seeing, oh, I did my part. I transferred things to the next generation. Not that my work is over, but, you know, it's just, it gets your eyes off of you and gets this (laughs) bigger perspective, this more eternal work that God's doing. Mm -hmm.
1: You know, and I think about how long it took me to learn some concepts. I was basically a first generation of spirit-filled, uh, that that aspect. Uh, my parents kind of joined. They were uh, good uh, Bible-believing Methodist church folks, so I was raised with the knowledge of the word and going to church. But when I got spirit-filled, it rolled back down on um Uh, uh, on my parents. And then as uh, that, my generation, my mom and dad, we walked together, they were elders in our church, and then our children were raised. But, it, in some cases, it took me a long time to be able to articulate doctrines, to get them in my heart, it took a lot of programming, And I, I found out that the, the children learned it just by me saying it, listening to me preach it. So I might have spent 100 hours in a closet somewhere studying, and they'd hear it in a sermon or two and understand those concepts. So it's, a very, um, it's an ever-increasing kingdom. There is a synergy of the ages and a synergy of the generations, and it's true principles. I mean, right now we, we've just seen some medical miracles kind of that have happened over the COVID virus and within less than a year, antibodies or, or uh, synthetic antibodies have been formed, treatments have been formed now that the vaccine was released. What's that? That's It's building knowledge on knowledge and the kingdom works that way too. That's good.
0: Amen. Well, we're going to get a little bit into our Christmas message component here just because I've heard you preach this before and I want you to share with our listeners um, this revelation about wombing the word. Maybe gave away the ending there, but I think that it's a good
1: setup too. Well, we probably need to start out by saying wooming is a word because we've made it to be one. So oh, there you go. <laughs> there you all, go. For all of us grammar nerds, it's not in yeah, the dictionary it, that yes. way. So you, everybody walk away saying, "I've learned a new word. It's wooming. <laughs> um, but actually, this was kind of fun. I was just uh, reading, as is kind of my habit, December gets here and I like to reread those the Christmas story over and over again. And, and uh, so Mary said to uh, the Gabriel when he uh, came and announced that she was going to be uh, the virgin who'd conceived the seed. She said, "Be it unto me according to thy word." And I, um, uh, Megan and Deidre, you both know I'm kind of a little bit of a Greek geek. Can't say that three times fast <laughs> Greek geek. But so I, I pulled, you know, started looking and see what the Greek words were there. And she said, Be it unto me according to thy rhema. And rhema is one of the words translated into the, the word, word. <laughs> there's going to have to be a better way for me to say this. But there's there's kind of three ideas. Rhema is uh, the typically called the spoken word, uh, Grafe is graphs, so it's the written word, But bo- but all of those are supposed to communicate the logos, or the logos, you've heard it say both ways probably, which is the logic of the word. So if you want to know basically what God wants, he wants us to understand the logic of what he's saying. And so if he if the word is written or if the word is spoken, we need to we need to get comprehend what is it God meant by that? And so probably all of us have heard things with that we thought we understood, and then you walk with God, and you find out you didn't quite understand it exactly like he meant it. He's very patient to kind of communicate the understanding of what he means. But Mary said, be it unto me according to thy rhema. But later, when we find out that Jesus is born, we know that Jesus is the word made flesh and dwelt who dwelt among us, John 1 says. So that greek is the he's the logos the logos made flesh in other words he's the logic of heaven um walked out in the in a skin suit this is his tabernacle he tabernacled her skinned skin suit and, and among us and everything he did and everything he said presented the logic or the the truth the reality of what heaven wanted so i actually began to think uh, as i read that this has been several years ago but the difference between she said be it unto me what you said so she received the seed if you would she received uh the word of the angel, plus the Holy Spirit came upon her and uh, that logic of heaven began to be wound, uh, uh, was implanted in the womb of Mary. And by the time Jesus is born and he begins his ministry, he's not just the spoken word, he's the logic of the spoken word. So I began to think, how do you go from what is said to to having it tinted in you? How do you become, how do we all become? The word fleshed out, and that's kind of goes back to what we said earlier, ladies, about true ministry is what flows out of you. So we can all speak a word, we can all read the Bible to anybody and speak the word, and, and that word is going to be Rama word. It's going to be spoken. But are we actually tinted? Is the word tinting in us like it did in Jesus? So I got to thinking: how you get from how you get from the Rama to the Lagos of a thing is you have to womb it and so the word of God comes in not to our physical wombs but our spiritual wombs our our spirit our soul comes inside of us and then we have to learn how to uh, be the walking word the the lived out word the flat I like it to say it this way fleshed out yeah. so that no matter You know, your DNA, if you took a strand of hair, if you took a piece of skin, you took a blood cell, it all would speak the DNA of Deidre or Megan. Well, we want that. We want wherever we're touched to speak the logic of heaven. And that's a process. Uh, It was a process for Mary to womb the word, to birth the Christ. It's a process for us to hear the word and then actually become the word walking, the word tenting uh, among mankind. And that is where uh, lives are transformed. That's where that's where our life is transformed. That's where other people's lives are transformed. So that's kind of a little kind of funny phrase, but it's packed with uh truth that actually truth that Dauntless Grace preaches all the time, the becoming of who you have been spoken to be. Yeah. So each one of us has a destiny. You know, God has spoken a destiny over us and and he has wired us to become these uh, sons and daughters of God. But to become what he has made us to be takes that transformation on the inside. We've got to have the Christ in us grow up yeah. so that it's the Christ in us manifested out. So that's a, like a, a, a our sermon uh, in little bitty living space right there.
0: We got the Greek. We got the Christmas story. I think it's perfect. <laughs> I think yeah, you've elevated the in, you've elevated the
2: intelligence
1: level of this podcast by a lot with the last few minutes. I'll tell you that <laughs> uh-huh. it's not hard. <sighs> you know, it's not hard to think that God wants us to. Um, know who he is and what he means by what he says who hasn't had an argument with somebody because they thought you said this and you said no that's not what I meant at all you know and then you try to get your meaning across so often arguments happen just because the meaning was lost in the transition the translation, well, yeah. yeah so how much does the logic of heaven This all-knowing God, you know, and he tries to bring his uh, cosmic understanding into these brains of ours. So it comes from heaven pure, but then it comes into the furnace of our earth, so to speak, and it has to go through these purification processes so that we mean what he means, yeah, that's when the thing sin. that
0: we we do talk a lot about is how our lenses are really, they are corrupted by sin. You know, so the way that we're receiving, the way that we're hearing, the way that we're speaking or communicating mm-hmm. has been twisted from the original design. And so when that seed from heaven comes, if it doesn't do its work to work its way out of us, it's just going to go through our messy filters, you know, um, so then we're imperfect representations of Jesus in the earth, which we are as Christians, but I think we that's are. why so many people will call Christians hypocrites because we're believing a word that is true, but we're living something else that uh, is going through our broken filter, and so it's lost in translation. I like that you said that, and and that that can't be lost in translation because it is the word that redeems, it's the word that transforms, it's the word that uh, turns back the curse. Person. And so we have to let it do its good work in our own lives to untwist well, if, so that we can speak more clearly.
1: I mean, if you think about it, so much of even education, you both work in that field. But the, the purpose of the education is to impart the reality of what you're trying to teach. So we give tests to students mm-hmm. to see if, if and basically we're, we're wanting to see if they got it. I mean, that would be the word we would say, Did, do you get it? Do you understand it? Well, God is communicating who he is. He's communicating eternal precepts. He's actually communicating concepts of wholeness and holiness, I mean, because everything he is and everything he does is holy. And so he begins to write that on the tablets of our heart, right? But we keep we, he keeps on and on until we get it. We can and so sometimes we'll take a test a couple of times because we keep answering the questions inaccurately because our our uh, our rama our understanding on the inside is not yet been transformed so that power of transformation and it is a work that happens in our soul um, and you all have shared that very well uh, the spirit is to inform the soul. but our soul have has been informed by another story our earth story so we are walking something out we are fleshing something out we actually can't avoid that there is a message that we all carry in our flesh and we are we have wound and we are uh the we are tabernacling some message and not sometimes not until you get it out and you see the result of it are you even aware that well that that isn't heaven's message, and the hard the hard part of that is, and you, you both have experienced this, but because uh, we can hear a rhema word, so we can sit and hear something preached, then we think we know, but you don't really know what you know until you see what you build, yeah. and what you build, what you flesh out is the difference. Uh, it it will it will communicate accurately what word we have wounded. Now the wonderful thing is uh we can be renewed. Yes. But it isn't just information, it's becoming, it really is becoming the word made flesh.
0: That's so good. I think that's a good key for us to remember. We get to a point in our lives where we're like, why do I keep coming back to this place? Well, mm-hmm. it's because it's the story you know, and it's the story you keep fleshing out. So to get a new story, you got to start fleshing something else out, right? You got to start taking that rhema and really meditating on it until you begin to turn around. But if you don't, if you're not aware of what story you're telling, you think that you've done enough just to go sit in church and hear the the word, right? I, I like that you said that
1: but he he um, john said he tabernacled among us mm-hmm. and we beheld his glory the glory of the only begotten full of grace and truth so we he tabernacled among us but we tabernacle among others and they behold our story and uh, if we open our eyes if we if we're honest and we open our eyes we can look at the kind of world we've built Yes. And if our world continues to be in conflict and uh, and uh, destruct, has destruction worked into it, therefore, a while you can blame the world you live in on other people, but then after a while, if if it's a repetition, like you said a second ago, Deidre, then then we f- we're fleshing out something. So, c- kind of the concept is of this is everybody has a womb. Male and female, we have these wombs where we can hear a rhema word. So those rhema words often come from our parents, our our siblings, our our culture, and we wound those words that we hear until we're fleshing out something. Until we have the logic of what we think. It's not the logic of heaven. Often, you know, it's right. the logic of our broken story. But then we t- that is what is tinted in us. And that is what we uh, show to the world around us. So honesty is a big help there. Um, I think uh, transparency with somebody else, that's a huge help. I, I, I love the fact that we're not meant to grow in God alone. Yes. You, you know, we're part of a body. So um, somebody, you don't have to be transparent to everybody, but you ought to be transparent to somebody that you can trust and let them help you. And then there's just nothing like his presence. You just, you take those things to worship and you sit in the presence of the Lord and you begin to see him as he hears. You, ha- you have to hear a new word. Yes. You're never going to get a new rhema. I mean, never going to get new Lagos if you don't get new rhema. So you got to hear the word. You got to be under the word. You got to be in his presence. And there's some transformative power that helps us in his presence to say no to the word we were uh, wombing and say new. And the, and then this is, it's a process. Mary didn't grow a baby in one day. Yeah, You know, I mean, even even that, it, it took that fullness of the process. It took a time when the eyes were farmed and the blood vessels and just all that it takes to farm a body. It took all that time in the womb and she had to protect the seed that was in her and love the seed that was in her and nourish the seed that was in her. We have we hear these rhema words and, and we say, we'll womb that, I'll take that. Well, then we have to love that work. And we have to care for that word and we have to hold on to that word and we have to protect that word and we have to feed that word and give it a chance to grow. It has the coding in it. Uh, That's probably another important thing to say. You know, when you get a when you're pregnant, you don't the mother doesn't create the baby. She just makes space for the Coding to take on flesh. Right. That's a good way to say that. For the so when you receive God's word, it's filled with the logic of heaven. It's filled with the coding of heaven. But we have to hold it until that coding can take on what flesh? This ours. It's our flesh. That's just crazy. I mean, I could see that heaven took on Jesus' flesh, but heaven's word wants to take on our flesh too, and that's when others will be behold the glory of the only begotten of the God. You know will. Hold the word of the Lord and who Father is and who Jesus is. It's when we flesh it out. Huge responsibility, but quite a uh, humbling uh, reality at the same time. It's beautiful. beautiful. I think it, this time of year, too,
0: we're extra reflective on his uh the fact that he came and put skin on, uh, that Emmanuel concept is so big, uh, What even the world sings it, you know, we don't completely understand it. But when you break it down to the fact that the logic of heaven was released in an earth suit and that that's the call to us, and we can do it because he came first to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. they couldn't do it before He came, you know, but now, now we can do it because He made a way for us to do it. So, we don't have to live with an old coding that's broken. We don't have to live in an old logic that's earthbound and destructive. We, we can live fleshing out the logic of heaven, but we have to embrace that promise and, and go through the process of the wombing of it <laughs> into the earth. Um, that's not always painless. That's not always easy, but it's so worth it.
1: I don't know any woman who ever uh, thought birthing was, uh, or even pregnancy was easy. Right. You know, even the very best of them there, even the best of pregnancies and deliveries have a little bit of a story about unease or morning sickness or or contractions, you know, (laughs) let's keep this PG rated, but right there. And actually um, your life is on the line for that next life. You think about that? Well, we, in this case, it's, it's good to uh, give our all let the, what's the scripture say there in, in uh, Romans 12. Uh, we make our bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto him. And that's in the context of a renewed mind, that passage is. So uh, we 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 are honored to be able to hear God's word. I mean, that's such an honor, but it's more of an honor to think that we can flesh it out. And uh, so, Deidre, you talked about the word Emmanuel. That's uh, a word that we understand. We also know the word incarnate. Yeah. So, God, Emmanuel is God with us. That's the season. But the other word that we use during the season is incarnate or in the carnal. in set inside the carnal or set inside of flesh so the logic of heaven was set inside the flesh Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and expressed through uh the flesh talked lived out demonstrated loved out um power the power of heaven all of that came out of a body uh, a a a man in this case, it was Jesus as the man, not Jesus as God. It was God in Christ, right? Just like God is in us. So uh, we, we, we that was news to me a few years ago that I'm supposed to incarnate the Word. Yeah, I always knew Jesus did, but I it was news to me to realize, oh, that's what's expected of me too, yeah. to be the Word made flesh. Megan, I know you've had... Um, a number of years where God has been working so many of these principles in your life. And just, I was just wondering what you have seen as the difference between people speaking the Bible that they don't live. And then that word made flat made fleshed or fleshed out. Have you noticed that difference? And what do you have to say about that?
2: Yeah, you said something earlier that I wanted to kind of tie back to, because I think that, um, So, I think you probably know this because I I know you and Deidre have had this conversation, but I'm a little bit obsessed with the Enneagram right now. Um, And that's part of what we do with Dauntless Grace is kind of help people understand their Enneagram numbers and how when we pair that with what Jesus can do, it can kind of bring this new awakening and this new fleshing out of this new word. And, um, you know, the thing about the Enneagram is that everyone is born like Deidre said with this broken lens, but it's this word over us that we don't even know that is something broken. It's called the wounding message. And we grew up believing this word. We're wounding this word and we're not even aware that we are. And it's something that maybe was never even spoken to us but it lives inside of us and that every situation we encounter reinforces this wounding message. And the thing about the Enneagram alone is that you can learn your number and you can learn what that healing message is, but it doesn't immediately take away the wound. And what you said about it's sitting in the presence of Jesus that's transformative. It's when we can actually sit in his presence that that's where the healing message can re- start to replace that wounding message and we can start to birth out a new word and live out that new flesh um, that is that is real, that is the scripture, that is the Bible, that is the teaching that we're hearing so that it's just not going in one ear and out the other like we see so many Sunday mornings, but that it is beginning to just sink in and replace the lie with that truth. And so I think in my life, before I even knew the Enneagram, that's what the difference was, was renewing your mind, right, with truth and figuring out what are the lies, how can you replace it, and then sitting in the presence of Jesus.
1: So I really liked how you phrased that. Oh, that was very well said. And the truth of it is, whether you use the the, uh, tool that you all are using right now, or I know others that have used... Uh, There's a number of models that are there that can help you discover who you are. Uh, That discovery is very important that we understand that God, while we were in the womb, created us. So that's the first thing. What What did he create us to be? Secondly was, what did sin mar? From that original creation and then of course the last thing is what is the new creation reality that god wants us to become and so we 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 move i remember moving into a home uh, not the home we live in now but the one before this one and uh, the people that uh were dwelling that were living there were going to sell it they just had decided to sell it and before they even got a a realtor involved. We found out they were going to sell and we said we wanted to buy. So we didn't have a realtor to examine things. We brought a contractor who's a friend of ours into the house and asked him to just kind of look over and see, make sure that the condition of the house was good for the sale. And I noticed the foyer in the home looked to me like the floor was a little bit slanted. And so I asked him, his name was John. I said, John, is this because the wallpaper wasn't put on straight? You know, it could have been or so he put a level on the floor and he said, no, it's got a little slight slant. And, I, and so he said, but Patty, that's not going to be a problem. He said, we'll go down to the main uh, beam uh, in the basement and we'll put, we'll just shimmy that up a little bit. We'll hide, do, take a hydraulic jack. He goes into all this talk, talk, you know, but we'll lift it up and shim it up. And and over the next six months, we, I mean, over the next couple of years, every six months, we'll hoist it up a little bit until it's been able to reset. So I said to him, well, why don't you just go down there and just hoist it up to where it needs to be. And uh, and so he went into, you know, a carpenter's talk about why that wouldn't work and it cracked the the stress and the pressure on the walls and all this cracking. But while he was saying that, I heard the Holy Spirit said to me, say to me, and if I brought you up to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, I would crack all the ways your soul operates. And I yeah. heard him say that so clearly. And I realized that transformation is like that. It's like we get uh, a new understanding of who God has made made us repent of the old. And and we get brought up to a new level. And then our soul adjusts on how to function out of that. And then he comes again. So he comes wave after wave after wave as you were to reset us or readjust us because we're coming from uh, a man fashioned in Adamic sin nature to a son of God who is able to reflect the glories and realities of the heavens. That's a little bit of uh, jacking up you know that's a little <laughs> bit of transformation and so we have a lifetime the scripture says we go from glory to glory to glory and as long as we're on that process uh, we are becoming who uh who we were wired to be in the beginning. God has an eternal story for each of us to live out. And then he wired us in the womb to be able to do that. And it's causing who we are in the earth to match heaven's story by the power of the Holy Spirit that is the work of sanctification. And it is a beautiful work. Uh, it's, It's a wonderful work to, and especially to look back and go, oh, I am not who I used to be. That's, and then to give the glory to God because, you know, he's done that. So I just encourage all of your listeners to go through this po- process of transformation. We were saved and we are a work of grace, uh, but it is a dauntless grace. He constantly comes after us for, and get, gives us the Holy Spirit to transform us into all that God intended us to be. Mm-hmm. and. Um, it's a journey. The whole the time we're on the earth, it's a journey to womb this word that has eternal ramification. But it's an honor. Oh, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Hallelujah. Amen. What manner wow. of love.
0: We started, you started preaching with a little amen there at the beginning, and now we're back to it. I love it. (laughs) It is, it is beautiful. When you see a life transformed, there is nothing that causes worship like that, I think. There's just, you know, when we hear people's testimonies from where they've been and where they are today, and when we see in our own lives that we're a new creation, uh, that is bringing heaven to earth in such a beautiful way. So in this season, I just bless our listeners too, that, um, you know, holidays can bring a lot of stressors and I'm sure in our COVID world, it can be even different for many of us, but uh, we just speak a blessing on you that you would
1: understand the incarnation of the word in a new way this year. Amen. You know, just as you're closing this out, let me also just say to your listeners, the thing that is beautiful um, with the beauty that we see in other people isn't the garments that you wear on the outside it's who you are on the inside and especially to a, po- a world of postmodernity, uh they uh they're wanting the real the next generation wants the real and uh Many of us, because we love God and we want to be obedient, we come to church and we try to be do and say the things that we've heard on the outside. But that doesn't ring as genuine as when that word is put in and transforms us. And that's the message that will. Will actually be the catalyst, real, real, true, transformed lives, telling the story of what Christ has done for them. Of course, in the context of good theology, I'm a teacher. I've got to put that in there. But um, uh, that is that is what draws people. They, they're drawn to who Christ is in us, not who Christ is because of what we've told about him. And there, and uh, dauntless grace is not only tra- transforming life, it's going to be uh, used of God to draw in many who are hungry for truth. And they may come in, not even as believers, you know, but they're gonna come because they wanna hear and that transforming power will cause them to be saved, to be born again. Everybody has to have that new birth. But uh, once that new birth happens, then we have all that new coding in us that can reflect a new nature. So I believe I just uh, thank you both for the labor that you do in this uh, work. And I trust God's going to enlarge your audience that more will be able to hear the truth of what you carry.
2: Thank you so much, Dr. Patty. It was a pleasure just listening to you teach and preach and talk with us for the last um, half hour or so. And I know that there's just a lot of good stuff to unpack in there. And I hope people will listen to this a few times. I'm going to have to just to hear everything that you said, but we just really appreciate it and uh, happy birthday. And thank you for being our guest this week. Thank you.
1: And that
0: wraps up another episode of the Dauntless Grace Exchange. You can follow us on social media to stay connected. We are on Instagram at Dauntless Grace Ministries. Our Facebook page is Dauntless Grace, and you can join the conversation in our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash team DGM. For more about the Enneagram, visit our website
2: at dauntlessgrace.org for coaching and training opportunities, and you can follow me on Instagram
0: at Enneagram Megan. And be sure to check out our website for more information about
1: today's podcast at dauntlessgrace.org.